so much news, so many headlines. How do you break through this important noise that's occurring with the pandemic and other world events to still make your case effectively to donors? Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by Ann Fitzgerald. Ann is president of AC Fitzgerald, a national consulting firm to nonprofit organizations across the United States. Ann is also an alumna of the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, where she wonderfully for us serves on our board of visitors. And Ann also is a faculty member of the fundraising school. And Ann, you have so much expertise and so much wisdom. You're working with nonprofits across the United States. And, you know, there's more news than ever before. We don't have the sports scores anymore, but there wouldn't even be time for those anyway with everything else that's happening across the country and across the world. How can nonprofits still make their case to donors amidst all this other news that's happening in our world today? Well, thanks, Bill. You know, this leads to the question of donor distraction. And I think this is not, when I say donor distraction, I don't mean to minimize the real and critical issues that are facing our society. But more of this idea when I, when I say donor distraction is there are issues at times that are so big that everyone's talking about it. And, it, 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 and sometimes that can be you know, a, a natural disaster or it could be sometimes during an election season. People's attention goes elsewhere. And it's very difficult if your nonprofit doesn't work on that particular issue or in that work to bring it back to your organizations in an authentic way. So I want to share maybe a few ideas that not what nonprofits are doing that I think helps in this, in this time. One is to reflect before you respond. And I think that's a good rule of thumb for all of us, something I'm still trying to master personally. But this is a time to get out of your own head and think about who else you should be talking to, who are your stakeholders. This is your board, but it's also your staff. You need to talk to your staff and listen to them and get their perspectives and insights. And then the next thing you have to ask is, well, what's the right response? How I would personally respond is, is real and important, but we're representing this nonprofit. So we have to think about this from the donor's perspective. What do they care about? How should we best uh, think about this issue and what perspective can we give them? And then secondly, communicate this to everybody. Don't assume your board or your staff or volunteers understand how you have arrived at your messaging. You've got to share this with them, the how and the why you've arrived there because these are your ambassadors to the outside community. And then finally, I would just say is you need to think about how to continue to fundraise, but with sensitivity. You have to say, is this the right time? And do we have the right message? So I would pull together your program officers and, and ask them, what's the work we are doing in this area that's relevant? And if it's relevant, can we authentically talk about it as a way to raise money? And one quick example, a nonprofit I know was working in the education space, obviously with COVID people moving to an online environment, they had to put a lot more resources into their work and they were able to go and talk to their donors about that work. Um, the only other thing I would say is timing is everything. Uh, there was a university recently that uh, at the beginning of the, the pandemic sent out an email asking for planned gifts and say, is, is it time to update your will? Now, we all know bequest giving goes up or bequest commitments go up during recessionary times, but that was probably not the time when people are thinking of illness and death to ask them to update their will. And certainly not the right way. I mean, I, maybe I have right. a one-on-one -on -one conversation with somebody, but to 
to Send do a broadcast email. mailing like that or email right. like that. Absolutely. And I wanted to amplify, I could amplify all the great points you just made, but one in particular is when you talked about the nonprofits that are you know, needing to adjust during the pandemic and COVID-19 and needing to invest in new ways. Um, and at the fundraising school, we offered a course, Crisis Leadership Responsive Fundraising, where kind of one of the main themes was, certainly if your donors cared about you on February 29th, they still care about you now, but also how you're leading through this crisis, uh, you know, the steps that you're taking to maintain the organization, the way you're communicating that, Oddly, and I don't mean this to, in a celebratory way, but can help you with your fundraising yes. because that can build trust with donors. And I know you've seen that too. Could you elaborate on that for us, please? Sure. Well, what I'm seeing that has been very successful with donors is one is giving them confidence. It's not saying you've solved everything, but it's saying that we're, we have confidence that we'll be here and that we've made changes to adapt and, and that we still very much need your support to, to maintain our work. So I think you have to give the donors the confidence that you're going to be, why should they invest maybe more limited funds in an organization they're not clear is even doing work? So you have to communicate, we've pivoted, we're doing work online, we're doing these other things, but we're here and we're still fulfilling our mission. And the second part, I think, is transparency. So you have to give them a, a very clear picture without panicking them, but saying, you know, this is our challenge moving forward and you're part of our solution and we, we want you to be part of our solution. And, and our challenge is not just money, but it, just in, in general, the, the challenges or problems that you're addressing as a nonprofit and that we still need your support. So I think those two things are very important for crisis communications. So it's not just our cause and our mission, which have always been there and are always important, not just our results and our impact, which of course are essential, but how important is it that we're demonstrating we're a well-led organization, we're a well-managed organization, especially in this historic era? Well, I think you have to think about who are your spokespersons, including your board members can play it. You know, a lot of times we're looking for something for the board to do that is, is valuable. This is another time for them to share and communicate this. So I think on every level, you're, you want to be um, give them this confidence by sharing what programs you're working on, the impact you're having, but going back to always that this is, there's still a need and that the donors are part of this solution. Um, so I think that the board can play a role here. A letter from the, the, the board uh, chair can be part of that, but how can we continue to share with them and show confidence in, and in part talking about our history maybe, you know, we've dealt with difficult things before. We're, we're well prepared to, to deal with this, this challenge now. And, and if I'm understanding you correctly, it's also okay to talk to our donors about our challenges. And yes, I would almost think if we said we had no challenges, they probably wouldn't believe us because everybody has challenges now, right? So uh, I, I'm assuming it's okay for us to share with our donors some of the challenges we're having as well. Yes, I, I think it's important to so challenges, but also that, uh, that you have optimism that you have optimism that you are going to be able to solve this with their support, but also, you know, not, not, you don't want to get too much, um, you know, like I always am concerned when people send out fundraising emails or letters saying, you know, uh, we haven't met budget, please give your, us money. That's not why people give to you because you haven't met budget. It's we are trying to deliver this service or, or do this good thing. And we can't do it as well as we'd like because we, we, because of coronavirus, there's been some cut in our contributions. Can you help? 
We're talking with Ann Fitzgerald of AC Fitzgerald about how do we make our case during such a time as this, and that includes, of course, the world pandemic, when all of us should be interested in being part of the solution for health and safety, as well as being part of the solution for economic restoration. And then we have what many are calling the second pandemic, this uh, growing uh, need and interest and attention being paid to racial justice issues, and all of us need to be part of that solution, of course. And then, Anne, on top of those two major issues, we have a presidential election going on. And, uh, you know, for our viewers and our listeners, Anne's headquarters are in metropolitan Washington, D.C. D.C.'s a company town. The company's the federal government. Uh, and we're going to have an election this year. What advice do you have for nonprofits as we're now having all of this huge attention around the latest presidential election? Well, you know, most nonprofits, if, if they don't have some... Uh, you know, political entity, they're, they're, not, they're not involved in elections. You know, first, legally, they're not involved in elections. But there are so many issues related to elections that I think nonprofits can talk about. Civic engagement, they can talk about history. There, there are so many different ways that we can connect to issues that are going to be discussed. The one positive about an election for all nonprofits is that more issues are talked about and people on a whole are more engaged. So let's take advantage of this. We're not gonna say, tell people who to vote for, but we're going to be able to talk about the issues that are going to be front and center in the news over these next few months. And, and our research at the Lilly Family School of Philanthropy demonstrates that uh, when people donate to presidential campaigns, they almost always do so out of a different pocket separate from their charitable giving. In fact, yes. if you look at the Giving USA data, and I've only looked back at the last eight presidential elections, seven of those eight years giving went up faster than inflation, regardless of the presidential election. The only year that did not was 2008, which likely had more to do with Lehman Brothers crashing and taking the rest of the economy with it uh, than the uh, Obama-McCain presidential race. What advice are you giving to your uh, folks who you work with uh, mm -hmm. across the country as they think about, is this presidential campaign going to harm donations to my nonprofit? My experience is very similar looking at nonprofits over the last 15 years of our firm is that, it, in fact, they, they often do better in election years, despite the fact people might be giving to different candidates, they're just, in general, more engaged. So this is a great time to be talking to donors. And going back to what I said earlier, whatever the, the, the national issue is, can you be relevant and connect to that in some way in an authentic manner? And I think that helps also with contributions. So as folks can listen in today and also observe if you're seeing this on video, we were thrilled to have Ann Fitzgerald as a student. We're even more thrilled to have her as an alum. You see her wisdom and her expertise coming through loud and clear in very practical ways. Uh, and if you're interested in our master's degree, that master's degree is now available online, can be completed on your schedule. You have to turn in your assignments on time, but you can complete the degree on your schedule. Uh, and more information is available at philanthropy.iupui.edu. And as I mentioned, Ann also serves on the faculty of the fundraising school. Uh, we have our 20 courses. Uh, we have so many courses available online. Some of them could be available in person later on in this calendar year just paying attention to Indiana University, local, state, federal policy, uh, but the courses are available and you can apply for a crisis response scholarship that lowers the cost by 50%. So make sure you take advantage of that scholarship. We have Fridays with the Fundraising School. Once a month, we get together online in a webinar conversation format to 
share best practices, commiserate a little bit, encourage one another. And of course, we have these podcasts tailor-made for such a time as this uh, during the pandemic and so many other issues happening in, in the United States and around the world. All of this is under the umbrella of TFRS at your desk. TFRS for the fundraising school at your desk. And again, that's online at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. With Ann Fitzgerald, I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm-hmm.